Welcome everyone to Fraud Files Unleashed, where true fraud investigations meet captivating storytelling. I'm Austin, a seasoned fraud fighter with over eight years of experience in both law enforcement and banking. Join me on a first-hand journey through real cases, offering insights into the dangers and intricacies of fraud. Whether you're a fellow fraud fighter or eager to learn about fraud prevention, I invite you to tune in. Brace yourself for a mix of knowledge and humor, and I apologize in advance because there's going to be a lot of dad jokes throughout this podcast. Let's uncover the secrets of fraud together. Episode 5, Sex Torsion Fraud. Can you feel the fraud tonight? I've got a special Valentine's Day themed episode of The Fraud Files Unleashed prepared just for you. Not only am I going to give you a last second Valentine's Day idea to wow your significant other, but I'm going to dive into a sextortion case I investigated that broke my heart. Sextortion? Yes. Most people don't want to talk about it, and often people don't realize this is associated with fraud, but it is. Sextortion is the child of extortion and sex. Essentially, it's when a fraudster uses explicit images of someone against them in hopes of extorting some money out of their pockets. The emotional damage of having your personal photos exposed is arguably much worse than losing a good chunk of your hard-earned money. If you think shutting down these criminals is easy, then you are greatly mistaken. Let's dive into this case so I can give you the inside scoop of how these investigations go down. Roll that beautiful time machine music. Welcome to 2018, my friends. It's hard to believe 2018 was six years ago. Man. Here I am a few years deep into my career as a criminal fraud detective. You know the deal. It must be close to Valentine's Day because I can smell the love in the air from my humble office. (sighs) Maybe that's because someone brought some square donuts in the office today. I'm convinced that the best donuts on the face of this earth come from a small little joint called Donuts To Go in Sanford, Florida. They make these giant, mouth-watering, square-shaped glazed donuts that will surely make your sweet tooth rejoice and your dentist cry. So, after eating a few square donuts and sipping on some coffee, I decided to get to work on some of my outstanding fraud investigations. My newest case was involving a victim who lost several hundred dollars via a sextortion scam. As I pulled up the victim's written statement, I was shocked to see nearly no information whatsoever about what happened. There's literally no notes anywhere. Full disclaimer, we didn't frequently investigate sextortion scams, primarily because it was rare to have someone report it to the police in the first place. Sextortion scams cause so much pain and embarrassment, so it's very understandable. First things first, I need more info so I can get to the bottom of this case. I called the victim, and I'll call him Josh for privacy purposes, to see if he could give me the full details. Josh answered the phone, but was clearly distressed. Josh had just turned 18, so I can only imagine how uncomfortable he was talking to a detective about what happened. I quickly decided a phone call probably was not the best way to handle the situation. So I decided to see if he was willing to meet with me in person to discuss the situation. Josh gladly accepted the offer, and we decided to meet up in about 30 minutes downstairs in one of our interview rooms. Everyone always assumes interviewing subjects is the most important part of a fraud investigation, 
But I would argue that interviewing victims is often much more insightful and often more challenging, especially when your victim has been traumatized by an act of fraud. I went ahead downstairs a bit early to help prepare the room so Josh could be as comfortable as possible. I brought my handy-dandy notebook and a few extra sworn statements just in case Josh wished to add more info to his original statement. Once down in the interview room, I opened the blinds and rearranged the chairs to create an opening atmosphere. There is all sorts of interview room techniques that involve preparing the room for the type of interview you are having. Setting the mood, if you will. But that's a long story for another day. Josh showed up and greeted me at the door with a firm handshake. Josh was a slender-built male with short, dark hair. He was much taller than me, but everyone is. Uh, Moving on. Josh pulled out his chair, took a seat, and his fidgety body language told me he's still a bit nervous. I broke the ice with some light humor and tried to build some rapport to help ease the tension in the air. All right, Josh. I know this will be a bit uncomfortable for you, but I'm here to help. The more details I can get, the greater likelihood we can shut down this scammer. Are you able to start at the beginning and tell me what happened? He took a deep breath, as if he was ready to embrace the awkwardness, and I was immensely proud of Josh for his bravery. His story went something like this. (sighs) Okay, so uh, I... I recently dumped my girlfriend, so I've been pretty lonely. A few weeks ago, I ended up getting a random friend request on Insta from this gorgeous girl. Her name was Mariah. She was way out of my league, dude. After accepting the request, she immediately started messaging me. I thought it was my lucky day. We were just talking about things in common, and it was just nice to feel cared about, honestly. We ended up adding each other on Snapchat and started sending photos back and forth. Just normal photos, man, you know? Well, at least it started that way. But then it quickly escalated. I I can't even say that. She started asking for nudes. I... She was just so beautiful, and I sent a few photos I probably shouldn't have sent, but... She never sent any back to me. Then... Things went sideways real quick. Uh, She... She started threatening me and said if I didn't send her $2,000 that she would send my photos to all of my friends and family. Uh, I completely panicked. I tried to beg for her not to send the photos, but she insisted she would unless I paid up. Dude, I'm so broke. I I don't even have $2,000. I sent $500 via Zelle Pay, but that's literally all I had. She kept insisting for more money, and I had no choice. I, I had to ask my mom. And then she started asking too many questions, and I had to tell her everything that happened. Talk about embarrassing. She had me block Mariah and help me file the police report. I just feel so ashamed, dude. I, Mariah, or whatever her name is, I don't think she's even real. And she did end up sending photos to my friends and family members. I just don't even know what to do at this point. My investigative wheels were turning at this point in the background, hearing Josh's story. But I was also aware that this was an extremely raw moment for Josh. As a cop, you're often forced to tune out emotions so you can stay focused and stay safe. 
but this is one of those moments where we were in a safe environment and Josh needed a little bit of empathy. Josh, you did the right thing. I'd be lying if I said I know how you're feeling right now, because I can't even imagine the pain. But you did the right thing. All of this will pass with time. Hopefully, you stepping up to report this sextortion scam will help save another person. Realistically, though, I let Josh know. Tracking down whoever's behind this Insta profile, that's going to be easier said than done. Even if we can't end this investigation with an arrest, though, my goal is to hopefully get any related accounts shut down. I left this interview with a few leads. Mariah's hiding behind an Instagram and a Snapchat account. And someone received $500 via Zelle Pay. It's time to send some legal requests, aka subpoenas, to see what I can find. Sending the last one now, and done. Ooh. This is the most work I've done all week. Now we play the waiting game. Oh crap, it's already 4.30 p.m.? My wife Lauren has texted me a few times asking what's for dinner. Uh, yeah, I should probably get home. Happy wife, happy life. We will be back after these messages. Psst. Hey you. Do you want to make your spouse happy on Valentine's Day? Did you buy flowers again this year? Boring. How about those cheapest order chocolates? Lame. There's nothing your lover wants more than a fun and thoughtful crime scene themed scavenger hunt. This costs you absolutely nothing but your precious time. Every Valentine's Day I set up a fake crime scene in the house and my poor wife Lauren can't get any of her gifts until she solves each of the sections. She gets to put on her detective hat and have some fun doing it. Don't believe me? Here's what Lauren has to say about it. Psst, Lauren. Tell them how much you love it. Yeah, I mean, he likes to send me on wild goose chases on Valentine's Day. Is it better than cheap chocolate? Most definitely. See, she wasn't bribed at all. Thank you. This year, go the extra mile and show your lover just how fun it is to be a detective. Alright, let's jump back into this case. A few weeks have passed and I've received all of the legal requests from Zelpay, Instagram, and Snapchat. I've requested everything you could imagine. IP logs, banking info, phone numbers, info on any of the linked accounts, you get the point. Snapchat's documents were not very helpful. I got a fake name and they had no IP logs available. Nice. Zelpay. Ugh. I dealt with some headache here as well. But ultimately I found the money went overseas somewhere in Asia, I believe. Not extremely helpful or exciting since this could indicate the core subjects involved are far outside of my reach. Also, the account certainly did not belong to anyone named Mariah. Go figure. Instagram. Come on, baby. This was my final hope. I actually resent multiple follow-up requests because it became a nightmare trying to get the info I needed. Ultimately, I did get IP address information, and the subjects were using a VPN, aka Virtual Privacy Network, aka they were hiding their info so I could not trace their IP locations. 
But throughout all this back and forth with Insta, I was able to make a contact with someone who was able to find several related accounts via the subject's email address and comment. They were all shell accounts, so no other related info was found. But Instagram was able to shut down all of these accounts, many of which were actively generating sextortion attacks on Instagram. I tried to get details on everyone these subjects were DMing, but that never quite panned out. I was left once again feeling like a failure. Man, fraud investigations can be just as disappointing to an investigator as it is for a victim. I so badly just wanted to solve every case that dropped on my desk. But some cases, especially those involving crimes being committed over the internet, can be extremely difficult to solve. The worst part of failing to solve a fraud case? Calling the victim. I picked up my desk phone and found the strength to dial the victim's phone number. Hey Josh, this is Detective Harris. I have some good news and bad news. The good news? Well, Instagram was able to shut down several accounts linked to our mastermind. But sadly, it appears that they are operating overseas and using a VPN. I'll send the details over to some of our FBI contacts, but there's just not a lot of leads here. If there's ever anything I can do for you, please let me know. Sextortion crimes are becoming far more rampant than you realize, and it's so important that we continue to educate, especially our young adults surfing the wild web. In 2023, there were 26,000 plus reported sextortion cases. You know what's scary? More than 20 of those victims have taken their own lives after being caught up in a sextortion scam. Even scarier? We assume sextortion cases are grossly underreported, which means these numbers are likely far greater than we can even fathom. I get it. It can be awkward talking about the dangers of social media or sextortion with your kids or other friends and family members, but it's well worth it. If you still can't muster up the strength, just forward them this podcast. I've got plenty of awkwardness to go around. And there you have it, fraud fighters. Be careful who you talk to online and watch out for seemingly beautiful women or men online. A good bit of advice, don't ever send photos online that you wouldn't want your own mother to see. Join us next time as we delve into the world of financial intrigue, exposing the tricks of the trade while sharing a laugh or two. Remember, not all heroes wear capes, some wear accountant badges and detective hats. This podcast is presented by Fraud Warfare. If you are interested in supporting us through promoted ads, please connect with us on LinkedIn. If you love our podcast, please share this with a friend or family member and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice or all of them. You can also support us financially through our buymeacoffee.com slash fraud warfare page. 100% of these funds go towards improving the quality of our podcasts and of course some coffee. Thanks for listening.